All right, welcome to the bite. Uh, today we've got a, a new co-host in Rizard. Hey, hey. Hi, Rizard. How you doing today, Rizard? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Yeah, I'm good. Excited to uh, to get get a design podcast underway. Uh, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm a product designer. Um, have experience in print design and uh, I'm in digital design as well. So yeah, nice. So what are we talking about today, Alex? Today we're going to be, uh, as mentioned going to be talking about design and more specifically how lean should your design be and that that's a bit of a, a broad statement but we're going to be talking in terms of you know product design product development um and really the whole mix um so russ you want to kick us off yeah i feel the least qualified in this room really to talk about this but um yeah i mean obviously i'm coming from a development sort of side to this arg- argument i'm going to use argument in air quotes um so I mean, what is lean design? What would yeah. you classify lean design? I feel as? like that's a good, good way to to kick it off. Yeah, um, I feel, in terms of lean de- lean design, um, I always see it in terms of when you're trying to do a sprint, you just need the, the MVP of a de- design basically to get a development kicking. Um, so that's w- that's what I mean by lean design. Yeah. So it's basically, the minimum amount of, uh, work from you to let me do my role exactly okay and the question the question that kind of stemmed this podcast was you asking does bad design speed up or slow down the development process yeah um so you want to break down the divide between the two so what's your kind of argument does bad design slow down the process does lean you know really getting real bad mock-ups not bad but functional we'll say well I feel when I say bad design, this stems down to the knowledge of the designer because um, this can be inconsistency. So maybe they have different levels of um, font sizes. So they've made two different H1s, but then one is 60 pixels and the other one is 30, but it's never translated well in the design, yeah. um, which could be an inconvenience for the developer because they always have to go back in and try and find out why they're two different, what the different states mean. Yeah, I think I think there's a difference there though because you're essentially trying to differentiate bad design and bad organizational or presentational skills as a designer. So, like for me, I don't care if there's two versions of H1 because you know I can create a class for that, or maybe they're not both H1s, obviously. But we can I can make that differentiation. What's more important to me is the fact that you've highlighted that to me, and I'm not taking that for granted from a design. So I look at a page and I look at another page and I, I make the assumption that they're the same when they're actually not. Um, so I think it's down to being really good in communicating the fact that they are different is, is a key thing for yeah. me. So it's kind of like the inefficiencies of bad design can really slow slow a uh, development or sprint, as you said, down. Um, so in terms of good design, would you say it's just the flip side then? Um, I mean, okay, so I think, yeah, I do need to define this properly because um, when I'm saying bad design, um, yeah, I personally feel that organization comes into it quite okay. a lot mm-hmm. um, just because you've got design guides. So whatever you ho- hand over, which is the component list. Um, so, yeah, the flip side would be having that all-rounded um, good, um, well, design in itself is opinionated anyway, but having having a very a very well translated design and handing over a good guide to the developer so they don't have to question what they're developing at each stage 
Yeah. What about between developers as well? Uh, between designers, sorry. So obviously if you're working on the same component uh, guidelines and even between those, like obviously communication has got to be really important. Yeah, so I've worked with um, quite a few different designers um, and it's quite, a, it's quite a rush at the beginning because um, when you have this target to meet, sometimes you all just do your own thing and then in the end you rush to uh, merge everything. Mm. Um, on bigger projects, it is a slower process because at each stage you're going to have to interact and always see how your components match with each other. Um, so the way I normally split up the work between designers is um, one designer handles the typography, one hand handles the illustrations, one handles the layouting. So then it's never a conflict. Right. Um, so yes, if one designer does a bad design, it may affect um, it may affect other designers but I always feel if there's that constant communication with designers there's never going to be that sure issue. yeah yeah makes sense so that would be your kind of optimum flow for you when trying to get that MVP out having you know different designers uh, you know break down the tasks so there's no conflict and yeah um, yeah I would um, but again it is easier as as a I have worked on a lot of projects myself I have found it much easier to do designs by myself Mm -hmm. um again just because of speed and efficiency i know what i wanted to look like um i've done the research um and yeah it's been in that dynamic team um so and bigger teams obviously they have a ux researcher then they have the designer that does the wireframes then they have the person that does the visualization so each of those designers gets a bulk amount to do um and an independent stage rather than one two three people working on the visualizations at the same time yeah, um, but yeah, there's so many different ways to work on it. I think IBM has a much more dynamic um, way of handling designs. But yeah, that's that's my view. On that, that makes sense. How do you we're just on the topic of like component lists? How do you find yourself developing those? Is it usually you're thinking like one stage ahead of the developer, or are you finding the developer asking you like I need this component, or this component doesn't exist, or have you usually covered it all? Yeah, I mean from okay so. To give a, back a background story, from the last job I was in, um, there was a lot of conflicts with develop developers because obviously they don't understand, they, well, they didn't understand the design principles that I obviously abide by. Um, so as I got, as we, as we started working more together, I started seeing it more from his perspective and I started learning the code languages he was coding and I started learning what he needed. So every design I did, yeah, I had to um, think one step ahead to, okay, will this be within and um, without ma without making it sound like an insult, but would this be too much for him to do? Right. Or like, would it be would it be good for us to hit this target if I design it this way? Mm -hmm. So really understanding what the developer needed yeah. beforehand. Which did is did you key. find that limited the design process because you were actually too a bit worried about the development side? Oh, it was extremely limiting yeah. um, because obviously you couldn't take your creativity to a new level because you present it to the client and then everyone will panic. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah they're like, we can't code this. <laughs> um, so it's um, it's yeah, it's it's a two way it's a two way street. But um, I also feel it was good to learn, um, and it did make my designs way more efficient. Just because before, um, if especially coming from a print background. Um, and you see all of these cool websites, you always think, okay, anything's possible to design. Um, 
without understanding well if i design this mm. um with like i don't know um a moving a moving man walking across um would the developer be able to do that i never used to yeah. think about that but now i've got to the stage where i'm starting to think about those, about those yeah. Yeah, yeah but see i don't know if that's a good a good thing because i don't i don't want like the creative side of a project to be limited because you're worrying about how we're going to do it like that's how you push forward as a product or anything in my opinion I um I think that sounds like a great topic for another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I have to say, all right, <laughs> not this one though. This one I'm very excited for because I was going to ask you, Ross, getting back to that kind of lean design, yeah, um, where we start from. What's your experience? Because I know that you know, obviously as a developer, you want to get lean, you want to build as soon as possible. You go on Sketch, you do some real quick mock-ups, um, and some of those mock-ups are will actually be close to the final design yeah for an internal product those mock-ups that probably took you less than half a day mm. we ran with them to almost like the mvp yeah how do you find that would you have preferred to, to you know spend some more time on that did it hinder hinder the product further down the line maybe uh it's more yeah, I've kind of learned now to kind of show that stage where I'm kind of doing those mock-ups a lot earlier on because I like to get feedback at that stage. And, and even as we, you know, even if it's bad, it, it, it means that we're at least thinking of it and there's kind of a journey in there for it rather than later down the line where it's actually a bit more difficult. Um, but I don't, I mean, I, I just don't like uh, developing really in that way in terms of getting it to the MVP stage and then we're going right now let's design it it yeah. feels a bit like um, I've skewed the results you're doing it twice yeah. well, it's yeah. not even that it's just the fact that like my opinion is ingrained now <laughs> in the product and my opinion is my opinion and, and not fact and you know it's probably it's wrong stuck with it <laughs> yeah and it's then almost it like giving it a bad project name and then that ends up yeah. being the yeah the actual <laughs> end name of the product yeah so it, it, I, I just don't want it to um have too much influence or carry too much weight when it comes back to all right let's ref refresh this design or rethink this flow um and then we find it really hard to deviate from what's currently there because we're like ah, actually it kind of works as it is but i think it's just we're thinking we're not thinking outside the box because we're already in the box yeah yeah no i i definitely i definitely agree um but it must be quite hard i imagine to to think because obviously if it was easy i would have <laughs> yeah no um I, I feel like especially I mean, thank God for all the cool prototyping tools that come out. Mm -hmm. But there is so many limitations when it comes to prototyping. Um, and you guys know my favorite is Envision at the moment, just because of how easy it is and quick it is to upload the screens, um, especially when we have tight deadlines. Um, but there's stuff like Proto.io out there that give you the animations that you need, um, which I personally can feel those are better better tools for designs to give um, good lean good designs but not necessarily lean designs um if i'm making if i'm making sense um yeah but yeah i mean uh, what would you guys think i um would you rather would you rather have the whole animation design for you or you feel that you can Im just imagine what we need well now there's kind of this almost hybrid approach where so using tools like body moving and um Lottie, you you know you can provide me data files that encode your design or your animation more specifically um and for me that's really exciting because you know as much as i love like doing animations and particularly on like mobile apps like they're really cool and fun to do they just take so long to do um so 
in, in my opinion, like it's it's much better for someone who's actually, you know, been studying an that. Expert, yeah. yeah, an expert in, in, to actually go and uh, perform that animation the way they want it, and then they can provide it to me in a format that I understand and can mm. can use. And I think that's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah, and these tools you s- we were speaking about now, they're they're fairly recent. A lot of them, and they've kind of allowed that rapid design and lean design um, to happen and before and not spend weeks and weeks and weeks designing doing paper mock-ups mm-hmm. and they've been really powerful and help help get the product to MVP absolutely yeah we use it um, at Airbyte quite often <laughs> yeah, yeah Envision is since you've joined Rizard Envision's just become quite a big part of the workflow and yeah I mean yeah we were always aware of it before so we used it um, we've used it a couple of times and Marvel as well which is like a competitor um other platforms are available when and um <laughs> but the the thing that we've kind of started doing now is really enforcing it with the cl- with our clients um and to really use that as a as a better opportunity and platform for them to to really play with it and really get to grips with what their product will look like and it helps save them a lot of money and it helps save us a lot of time uh, at that stage and that's something that's really good yeah um I feel myself diverging into a different topic, so I'm not going to carry on with that. <laughs> <laughs> but Haiku is also a good um, platform to use. Write it down in the podcast, <laughs> I do. We're always open. So moving on from, you know, we've spoken about focusing a lot on design and we've also spoke about getting straight into the development. How do we feel about combining the two from the get-go? So, you know, Ross, being involved in the yep. designs, but, you know, obviously Rizard's doing the doing the main share of that and vice versa as well so when it comes to the development Rizard's been involved uh, throughout the stages you know if you need certain components you've got questions and really having uh, each other included yeah in so stages. it's essentially we've been doing a design sprint um, quite recently and I guess we've just had really um, frequent catch-ups to ensure that everything is feasible and I think that's kind of the right balance. Like it's kind of like you go and push the boundaries and and explore, be creative, and then if if it needs to be reeled back, like we can do that fairly quickly as long as it's kind of fairly often enough and the the avenue hasn't been explored for too long. Otherwise, it's just a waste of time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I read this article recently. Um, can't remember where it was from, but essentially it was just saying um, that in terms of user research, everything from user research to design. Um, you involve the client, but you should also involve the developer. Mm-hmm. It should never be a thing where it's just you and the client and then you have to go and explain everything to the developer. Um, and I've had to learn that the hard way myself. But, <laughs> I mean, even in our most recent project, that is something that I've tried my best to do is involve the developer because it's not only your idea. Um, and, of course, I personally believe that just because I have the title as the product designer doesn't mean I'm the only designer in the office. Um, and creativity stems from anyone. So I feel something that needs to be encouraged more. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I've had uh, previous experiences where I've just been given a design and then I'm like, like yeah. what do I do now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this, this won't work, this won't work. Um, and in fact, you know, we've got projects that we still take on where Rizard isn't involved because maybe the client's already got their, their you know, design done. Um, and we still run into those common problems where, you know, communication's just been lacking and, and then... It's like, oh, actually, we've ended up with like 100, 200 components, individual components, and, and no one's really thought about actually how, you know, h- how's this going to be done in a timely manner? Um, 
And again, I think that just stems back to Rizard kind of, you know, start thinking about the developer, but at mm-hmm. the same time, don't let it limit your your kind of creativity. And again, I just think that's a case of go and do what you want, but then the developer, don't don't get too distraught if the developer give, hangs up and says, well, wait a second, we do need to think about this. Um, but hopefully that's not too far down the line that it, it means that it's, you know, really problematic. Yeah, so I think that's, that's a good place to end it. And, you know, you got your pros and cons, swings and roundabouts. <laughs> um, catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it's all about finding a good balance. All so right. yeah, that's good. We're at the 20 minute mark. Nice. nice. All right. Thanks Bite-sized. for uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for listening. Um, I was going to do a little outro, but if you want me to. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, yeah, give a shout out. Be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter, Airbyte UK, uh, and we'll be mentioning all the podcast episodes that come out.